Since 1995, Alabama's sports talk leader, Tiger Communications, proudly presents Sports Call. It's time to join our Sports Call crew as they discuss the latest headlines and happenings around Auburn and the entire sports world. To be part of the show, give us a call at 334-887-3401 locally or toll-free at 1-888-9-TIGER-9. We're taking phone calls all show long and want to talk about whatever you've got on your mind. And now, coming to you live from the loveliest village on the plains, Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show, Sports Call. Good afternoon, Auburn. Welcome into Sports Call here today on this Friday. Coming to you live from our studios here on South College Street. My name is JJ Jackson, and I'm joined on today's show by Ryan Lavoie. We've got a fun show planned for you today on this Friday as we will have our birthdays in sports, a nightly TV guide. We'll have a conversation with Brian Matthews of AuburnSports.com and Auburn Rivals, and we'll talk Auburn football as they get set for their next game of the season, taking on Ole Miss this week ahead of a bye week next weekend for the Auburn football team. The Braves get set to play Game 3 of the National League Division Series and another full slate of the National Football League continues this weekend as well. So tons to get into on today's show. J.J. Jackson alongside Ryan Lavoie. Ryan, how are you? Uh, I'm doing great, J.J. There is so much going on in the world of sports. I mean, even so, I know less people care about this, but even NASCAR's playoffs continue on Sunday as they start the round of eight. Only four races left in the NASCAR season, but of course we're watching Major League Baseball right now in the studio at the Yankees game, and of course our Atlanta Braves in a little bit. And yeah, we got a lot of college football to break down throughout the for, for the weekend. I mean, there are six top 25 matchups, a couple of them obviously taking place in the SEC, but even beyond those six top 25 matchups, there's still very intriguing games involving unranked teams. I look at something like Clemson and Florida State, and with intrigue, I look at an SEC matchup with LSU you in Florida with some intrigue. There are plenty of games. Of course, you and I, JJ, know about North Carolina and Duke and the ACC. There's a lot of games this weekend that are going to be a lot of fun and then mixed in with these baseball playoffs, mixed in with another day of NFL football on Sunday. It's the busiest weekend we've had in quite some time. We've got NHL hockey has resumed. Uh, NBA will be starting next week. But, I mean, we really are entering that phase the next three to five, six months or so until we get through the NCAA basketball tournament in March and, and get into April, May. Uh this is the busiest time of the sports calendar, and so it's a lot of fun right now, and I'm just really eager for, for everything to take place this weekend. I left out the NASCAR playoffs. You find more things to talk about. What you just left out that I also need to mention here today is that it is a Friday, which means we're going to continue the high school football season. And later today, we'll have Borgard High School football right here on Tiger 95.9 FM, Tim Sin. All the Beauregard guys, Bill May, Rusty Henson, South Fuller, uh, Tucker Simmons, Brooks Childress. Yeah, well, he counts. Is now counts. an elite part of the Beauregard boys. He will be in attendance there uh, as well. You'll be inside the studio here as Beauregard takes on Central Clay. So going to be a fun matchup there. Uh, that will take place a little bit later this evening. And then at 10 p.m. tonight, we'll have the AHSAA Radio Network scoreboard show because we mentioned only four races left in the NASCAR season, Ryan. We're also getting much closer to the end of the high school football season and towards those AHSAA state playoffs. Yeah, I believe three weeks left in the high school season and 
Uh, the Beauregard Hornets have been great this year. They're seven and zero. They have not lost. They, uh, I believe, are ranked eighth in the in five A in the AHSAA poll. And so Beauregard's been awesome to watch this year. Uh, they've they're obviously like I said undefeated. So it's been a very exciting season with the Hornets. We're going to see uh, where they seed out. I think I don't know what their region clinching scenarios are. If they can clinch it this week or or it has to be next week, that sort of thing. But but obviously being undefeated, they are are developing a lot of scenarios for good playoff seeding and, and getting a good draw. And so we're excited about the Hornets. And then uh, Smith Station, our other team on uh, FM Talk nine three point nine, they will not be on FM Talk tomorrow because. They, uh, they have a tomorrow game. <laughs> they don't play tonight. They play tomorrow morning uh, in the Crampton Bowl against Jeff Davis. And so that will be on our air- airwaves, 95.9 at the same time uh, as the Auburn football game. So, yeah, again, even at the high school level, a lot going on, a lot of schedules, a lot of things overlapping, a lot of thing to pay, things to pay attention to. And, and, look, that's really exciting at the end of the day. Really excited to bring you another live edition of Auburn's First and Auburn's Favorite Sports Talk Show. If you would like to be a part of the program, Give us a phone call, 334-887-3401 or toll free at one 9 tiger 9 Before we get to our first break during today's show, we do this each and every day. Let's celebrate those birthdays in sports. It's time for today's birthdays in sports. All right, birthdays in sports here today on October 14th, 2022. Just four birthdays to get through here today. Jared Goff is turning 28 years old, current quarterback for the Detroit Lions, the number one overall pick in the 2016 NFL Draft by the Rams out of California, two-time Pro Bowler at Cal. He was a 2015 first-team All-Pac-12 player. Jared Goff, now 28 years old. He, he's being paid like an, a former number one overall pick, even though that he probably ranks in the bottom half of the league in quarterbacks. So he's making a lot of money for the Detroit Lions. and I, He's been okay. Again, for the number one overall pick, you, you'd want a little bit more, but he certainly puts up some numbers, even though sometimes they are empty. He is able to, to usually sling it around a little bit. Happy birthday, Jared Goff, who's now 28 years old. Wesley Matthews is turning 36. A current shooting guard for the Milwaukee Bucks went undrafted in 2009 out of Marquette, but made the roster immediately with the Utah Jazz. He's also played in his NBA career with the Trailblazers, Mavericks, Knicks, Pacers, Lakers at Marquette. He was 2009 second team All-Big East. Wesley Matthews loves to shoot the basketball. 3 and D guy. I mean, that that's one of the guys for a long time that would be what can you get him on a mid-level exception? Can you get him in a trade and, and just try and shore up that 5th, 6th, 7th best player in your roster role and uh yeah, I know he definitely loved the three ball. Next, Joe Girardi turns 58 years old. 58 years old for Joe Girardi who's a former MLB catcher and manager. He played for the Chicago Cubs, Colorado Rockies, New York Yankees, and St. Louis Cardinals. He has managed the Florida Marlins, the New York Yankees, and Philadelphia Phillies, a one-time All-Star in his playing days. You combine his years coaching and his years as a player, he has four World Series championship rings and was the 2006 National League Manager of the Year and, of course, was the manager for the New York Yankees in their 9 World Series title. Joe Girardi, 58 years old. And Phillies fans rejoicing because he was their manager to start this year and he got fired and that coincided with the Phillies uh, getting better. I mean, when you look at the numbers since he got fired, I think they had the fourth or fifth best record in baseball. So a lot of Phillies fans would point to that as the <laughs> turning point in the season. 
Finally, Cole Calhoun, current right fielder for the Texas Rangers, is turning 35 years old today. He's won a gold glove back in 2015. He's also played for the Angels and Diamondbacks. Cole Calhoun is 35. He spells Cole K-O-L-E. It's very unique, and that's how I always remember him. It's because of that unique spelling of the short first guy, Short, stocky guy with a lot of power. But short and stocky is the perfect description for but, him. Yeah, <laughs> but low batting average, but a good bit of pop. Played on those Angels teams uh, with with Trout, where it was just like, can you still get Trout some more help? And Calhoun, like I said, decent power hitter, but um, yeah, he... Uh, did not hit for the highest of averages. So there's our birthdays in sports presented by Max Credit Union. Max Credit Union, proud presenting sponsor of birthdays in sports. Allow them to help you with your banking needs. Happy birthday, Jared Goff, Wesley Matthews, Joe Girardi, and Cole Calhoun. We'll take our first commercial break. Sports Call continues in a moment. of the biggest names in the sports world want to be on Sports Call. We are very excited to be joined by ESPN's Adam Amin. Bring on a very special guest, a good friend of the program, a former host of this very show, and the current voice of the Auburn Tigers, the one and only Andy Burcham. We get the opportunity to welcome in Mr. Phil Steele into our program. Be sure to listen to our conversations with athletes, coaches, and media personalities on the Sports Call podcast. Now back to Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show, Sports Call. Back on Sports Call, Tiger 95.9 FM and on the Tiger Communications app, JJ Jackson inside the studio with Ryan LaVoy. We hope that you're doing well on the uh, Friday that we've got here today. We want to take your phone calls, 334-887-3401 or toll free at one 888 9 Talking about any and everything going on in the wide world of sports ahead of Game 2 of the National League Division Series between the Braves and the Philadelphia Phillies. As we go to the phone lines for the first time today, James from Montgomery. James has called into Sports Call. Hi, James. Hello, and War Eagle. War Eagle, sir. Yeah, do you think that Auburn might come out with a win on tomorrow's game as well? It's going to be really difficult, incredibly difficult for Auburn to find a way to win that football game. I think it can be done, James, but they're going to have to play a great game of football, and the defense is going to have to show up and find a way to stop that offense. Yeah, because I'm, I'm actually going to be watching that game tomorrow, and I want to see... Uh, what would Robert Ashford do? Will we get the Robert Ashford that we asked from him uh, from the from the first game to this game, or will we get the Robert Ashford uh, that that doesn't look like a Auburn uh, quarterback as well? So I don't know what we'll get out of Robert Ashford tomorrow. I don't know either. Hopefully it is a good game from Robbie Ashford. Robbie Ashford's success is going to be paramount for Auburn in this game. I want them to be able to run the ball effectively with Tank Bigsby as well. But yeah, if you're the starting quarterback for the Auburn Tigers or for any team in the SEC to give your team the best chance to win, you got to go out there and play a good game. Now, I've been hearing a lot about T.J. Finley. Will he actually make a full recovery 
um, for next week's game, and do you think that we might get him back as well? Next week, Auburn doesn't have a game, fortunately. Auburn has a bye week next week, but hopefully we can get TJ Finley back healthy at some point this season. Uh, but if Robbie Ashford continues to play a little bit better than TJ Finley, then uh, we won't see TJ Finley take the field. Yes, because I mean, I would be looking at uh, Robert Ashford, but I just wanted to see uh, when we play against Alabama, I would like to see uh, Zach Calzada actually play um, Alabama as well for the Iron Bowl. Um, that's going to be coming up in November as well. Unfortunately, James, as Zach Calzada is uh, out for the year, he's uh, having shoulder surgery, so he will not be available to Auburn at all this year. Okay, now I know I looked on our roster and I saw like a guy from Montgomery. Do you think he might step up for us this year? Yeah, Trey Lindsey is a quarterback from the Montgomery area. He got a scholarship. He was previously a walk-on. I think he's just a really good locker room guy, a good teammate. So uh, I don't think we'll get to see him out there on the field, but it's good to have Montgomery people on the roster. Yes, as well, because I mean, you know, I haven't, I haven't heard anything. I haven't I haven't heard anything from him as well. Yeah, he hasn't got a chance to play just yet because there are a couple of quarterbacks better than him ahead of him in the rotation, uh, But so he hasn't got the chance to play. But hopefully Auburn can have success with their running back, Tank Bigsby, tomorrow because they really have to find a way to run, uh, to run the football and then not as much pressure will be on the quarterbacks. Yeah, now after this game is final, I'm going to be looking at Tennessee and Alabama. And I think that Tennessee might make a good 13 to 14 point starting out. They're going to have to start quick with this one. I mean, it's going to be a massive game. They've never beat Nick Saban. Tennessee has never defeated Nick Saban as the Alabama football head coach. And so we'll see if that changes. Yeah, so if they get like the 13 or 14 point in the first half, I think the second half would be all Tennessee from here on out as well and I think this will be a 5-1 and one Alabama team that may not go to the uh, to the SEC championship in Atlanta as well. Yeah, they'd have to win a couple of more SEC games but anytime you lose a conference game it hurts your chances of ultimately getting the opportunity to play in the SEC title game. So we'll just have to wait and see how that game plays out tomorrow. Yeah, so I do have some games on Friday night that I'm actually going to be looking at. I'm going to be looking at Navy and SMU, and I have Navy favorite to win that one, so I think they might uh, have a good chance to um, beat SMU in their home stadium as well. So I know that's going to be a good uh, matchup between Navy and SMU. And then I do have Princeton actually winning, uh, you know, their game as well. So it's going to be a lot of football games on Friday and Saturday as well. Yeah, Saturday we got a ton of really good games. We got number five Michigan versus number ten Penn State. That's a huge matchup. Yeah, so I do have um, Penn State uh, favorite to win against uh, against Penn State because I know that was kind of a yeah, hard. Yeah, Penn State favorite uh, to win against Michigan. Yeah, so I actually have um, Michigan actually beating them. So that's going to be a really good um, a good time to actually play against Penn State so I mean anything can happen so with Jim Harbaugh being the head coach at Michigan I think he might win it at home you think so I know so because I know his brother uh, I know his brother is the head coach of the Baltimore Ravens so if they actually 
if Jim Harbaugh gets a big win, I know he's going to call his brother and say, hey, I beat Penn State. So that's a really, really good thing for him as well. Yeah, my favorite phone calls in life are when I get to call my brother and tell him what I'm up to. Uh, John Harbaugh is the head coach of the Ravens. Jim Harbaugh is the head coach of Michigan. So Jim and John are the brothers. Yeah, that's well. So it's, uh, it's going to be a, um, a good test from here on out. And I'm just going to see how things are going to turn out between now and uh, the SEC championship in Atlanta. We might see Auburn and Florida might play again or Auburn and uh, Georgia or Alabama and Georgia. Who knows what will happen between now and, uh, you know, bowl selection uh, weekend that's going to be coming right around the corner as well. Yeah, I think most people would tell you they think that uh, it's going to be Alabama and Georgia, but we'll just have to wait and see. Yeah, so I'm just going to see – um, how things are with the uh, college football playoffs as well, and uh, seeing when that uh, schedule actually comes out, and uh, seeing who would, uh, who are the four teams that are actually going to be uh, playing in Atlanta as well. We'll have to wait and see. We'll have to wait and see. We're still a ways away from that. About halfway through this college football season, so let's see how the next few weeks play out. Yeah, so I know we'll be watching um, Atlanta and seeing if they're going to make it to the World Series again. And um, I do have my World Series prediction. I have Atlanta and Houston actually meeting up again for the third time, actually. So it's going to be three times charm for Atlanta. So I'm keeping my fingers crossed and hoping that Atlanta wins today. Yeah, we beat them last year in the World Series. So maybe the Braves will get to play the Astros once again. But we got to beat the Phillies first. And then the Braves would have to win the National League Championship Series. So we'll start with today's game and see how it goes. Yes, as well. So I've been, you know, covering a lot of Auburn football news and anything else that's in Auburn. So I'm just seeing what's going to happen for the NBA uh, draft that's going to be coming up in 2023 and uh, seeing some of the uh, legendary NBA uh, stars of, uh, you know, of today that are going to be playing in today's game as well and seeing if uh, Ezekiel Ikiki for um, the Orlando Magic, I'm hoping that he'll have a great uh, season with his team. And um, maybe we might, I might see my Dallas Mavericks play with the um, Orlando Magic and uh, seeing if that's going to be an NBA Finals as well. Yeah, I think you might have combined Isaac Okoro and Chuma Okiki. So Isaac Okoro plays for the Cavaliers, the former Auburn player. And then Chuma Okiki plays for the Orlando Magic. Yeah, so um, I do apologize on that one. So <laughs> it's okay. I, I mean, with with the NBA uh, season begins, I know it's kind of early for me, so I'm just trying to get to know some of the Auburn players that are playing in the NBA uh, rosters as well. So I'll just get uh, more information or more insight on each uh, Auburn player as well. Yeah, and then Jabari Smith with the Rockets and Walker Kessler with the Jazz. They're starting their rookie seasons. Yeah, so I know we just, I know Auburn just wrapped up the NBA Pro Day, which was last week. So I'm just seeing who's going to actually step up this year for Auburn and um, Bruce Pearl as well. So I know the season is right around the corner. So it's, um, it's going to be a good season for Auburn as well. So with, um, we, we might make it to the, uh, March Madness tournament in March. I, I, I actually believe that Auburn would, make it to the March Madness tournament this year. I yeah. mean, next year. 24 days away from the start of this basketball season, so it's getting close. 24 days. 
Yeah, so I'm actually going to see who's going to what what teams that Auburn will be playing uh, for the men's side and for the women's side as well. So it's going to be it's going to be a lot of, um, of a lot of great talent for um, the men and women's side of um, Auburn basketball as well. No doubt, we'll see what it looks like starting with this basketball season coming up here in a, in a few weeks, like we said, and then see if they can make a big run into the postseason. Any final thoughts for us today, James? Well, actually, with my Dallas Cowboys actually playing on Sunday night, I do have the Cowboys actually uh, doing a blowout, actually, 56 to 26. Wow, that'd be a big win. The Eagles as well. And I just got a uh, tweet from uh, from the uh, Dallas, um, you know, insiders that I've always listened to, and they're saying that Dak Prescott is questionable. So I'm hoping that they will keep Cooper Rush. So. If they do keep Cooper Rush and, you know, seeing how these games will go with Cooper Rush in it, I think Dallas might make it to the Super Bowl as well. And if we make it to the Super Bowl, I would like to see Dallas and the Buffalo Bills actually playing in the Super Bowl as well. It'd be an epic matchup if that were to play out that way, and we'll see how Dallas does against the Eagles coming up for Sunday Night Football. All right. Sounds good, guys, and I'll talk to you all on Monday. War Eagle. War Eagle. There's our good pal James from Montgomery joining us there on the program. A lot of good insight there from James. All right, quick timeout. Back with more Sports Call right after this. Tweeters. Follow our sports call host, J.J. Jackson, on Twitter by searching at underscore J.J. underscore Jackson underscore. And follow the show on Twitter by searching at Sports Call AU. Hashtag, is that two words? This is Andy Burcham, voice of the Auburn Tigers, and you're listening to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9. And we're back on Sports Call Tiger 95.9 FM and on the Tiger Communications app. J.J. Jackson with Ryan LaVoy. The Sports Call podcast is brought to you by Coca-Cola. If you ever miss Sports Call Live or if you want to hear something again, make sure that you go back and listen to our show on demand wherever you get your podcasts. Enjoy an ice-cold Coca-Cola to go along with the hottest sports talk, Coca-Cola. Taste the feeling. Back to the phone lines we go. Joining us now, Ward Dam Steve. Retired Ward Dam Steve. Hello, Steve. Good afternoon. Thank God it's Friday. That's right. Great day. Who all's on the show? Who's that beside you, JJ? Just me and Ryan. Okay, Mr. Ryan LaVoy. Man, you know, uh, I thought I'd seen some ugly scores in my time, but the NFL, yeah, I thought, you know, hey, if I saw a 12-7 score, it must be Auburn playing. Really? 12-7 to in the NFL? <laughs> yeah, I'm glad to say I did not watch any of that game. Neither did I, but I read about it. I said, my gosh, I'm, I'm so glad you know, I didn't watch that. Uh, and then, then my son, who did watch it, he said it was 3 to nothing in the third quarter. Yeah, so, uh, that's what I heard, yeah. How can, you, how can you explain that? How is that explainable when you've got these you know, players who make millions of dollars and the team can't score but three points in the third quarter? Yeah, I don't know, Steve. Obviously, the two teams are not very good. Um, I know the Bears moved the ball a lot. They had uh, several 
drives that they passed midfield and, and found a way not to score. But, I mean, you know, sometimes ugly football happens, especially on a Thursday night. Well, I'm just wondering, uh, they didn't borrow any Auburn uh, uh, coaches on the sideline for that game, did they? Uh, yeah, <laughs> not that we're aware of. Okay, all right, moving on. Hey, on a really positive note, we got a, a four-star commitment offensive lineman, Clay Wedden. Wedden, is that his name? Yes, had offers from Alabama, Georgia, Florida, Ohio State, and LSU. That's a big-time get for the Tigers. Right, he had committed to Michigan, but decommitted from them. Correct, yeah. Now, what I really like from uh, the comments, uh, the quotes I, I got from uh, Jason Caldwell, is that he said, I love Auburn. Yep. He said he loved uh, the coaches, but he loved Auburn more. Yeah, that's big, because so, any time a coaching change could, could be coming, that's what you want to hear from these players. Uh, exactly, exactly. And then I was reading, uh, reading uh, Jason Caldwell's uh, Friday morning mailbag. I don't know if you read some of the questions that were asked of him, but he uh, believes that unless we can you know, really get the uh, running game going, he said it doesn't matter who the quarterback is. You guys agree? Yeah, no. They've got to find a way to uh, play well at that quarterback spot. Um, to, to hopefully open it up a little bit more for the run game uh, to be productive because, you know, we mentioned all the eye-popping numbers with Tank Bigsby uh, getting hit less than a yard after the foot. I mean, it's just it's crazy how ineffective Auburn's been uh, running the football. So let's find a way to be more successful with that run blocking. Please, 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 yeah, please. I, I was just struck, J.J. and run that, uh, you know, Jason said that it wouldn't matter who the quarterback you know, if we had the number one quarterback, apparently Bryce Young, uh, it wouldn't really matter uh, because offensive line just can't uh, run block. Uh, and they, that's uh, a sad uh, to see these people who are not freshmen, uh, they're doing this poorly. Uh, is that coaching guys? Is it talent? Both? Well, what is going on? I think more than anything it's coaching because you've seen a, a, reg- a regression from last year. Um Obviously, a lot of people criticize the offensive line recruiting over the last several years, and that is true. The offensive line has been the most under-recruited position on the team, but it still shouldn't be this bad, period. Um, And they've had some transfers on the line, but again, for the most part, these are guys that came back that – are, are not any better at all, you know, and, and it's the coach's job, whether it's a three-star guy or five-star guy, to still develop these kids and, and make them better, and there's no doubt that they are worse than when they got to Auburn. So, to me, that's not even a recruiting failure. That is a developmental fa- failure because not everyone gets five-star offensive linemen. Some, some of these teams get these high three and low four-star linemen, but make them into respectable units and and Auburn has just not been able to do that when you mention that Ryan that comes to my mind you know uh, I love Owen Papo but what in the world explains his just really uh, I think he's regressed in his uh, performance and execution this year yeah I mean I I don't think he's been the, the same guy that we saw early in his career I don't think he's played bad but obviously he's not transcended uh that you know he had that five star ranking and I think that's been a, another common theme with Auburn for a long time, honestly, is is some of their top recruits have not panned out when Auburn has gotten that rare five-star guy. Uh, they have not maybe had uh, – not saying they've all been bad, but they've not had, again, that transcendent performance. And with Owen Papo, he's he's a starter, starting caliber linebacker in the SEC, so that makes him a, a pretty decent player. 
Uh, but obviously, after his really good freshman year, I think we thought he'd be a, a perennial all-SEC guy, probably a first couple round NFL draft pick, and not saying he, he might not have some sort of NFL future in the late rounds or undrafted, but, but certainly he has not risen to the very top of this league uh, like some projections had. Yeah, um, you're right on target. Uh, so my question to you guys is this. Is there a coach out there that can fix this crap and make us become a, I guess, a, a viable uh, football program, a respectful one? Uh, right now, we're just, you know, we're second, third thoughts uh, to, to most um, people in the sports world. Uh, there's absolutely coaches out there, uh, but there's absolutely coaches out there that would would not be able to do a good job, and and that's that's why this next coaching search, assuming it, it starts rather soon here, uh, is so pivotal because the longer you struggle, the harder it is to come out of that struggle, and I think that you've seen. With other really quality programs, Tennessee's you, one of them. Right, Tennessee's one of them. You look at what Nebraska's been the last decade and a half, and how they floundered around. Uh, once you once you turn over a couple of coaches, and you're still in trouble. I mean that that makes every task more difficult. All of a sudden, you've got years of not recruiting as well, or you've got years of not developing. You've got years of having players transfer. You've got years of losses to schools you're not accustomed to losing to. And so, this next coaching hire is of paramount importance because Auburn has, to my recollection, I mean they, they've been pretty coaching stable for the last thirty years. They've not had really forty years dating back to Pat Dye. They've not had a lot of coaching failures. They've had guys they've ultimately fired, but usually those guys had some form of success. So to my recollection, Auburn's not really had two failures in a row that I would consider complete failures. So it is of paramount importance to find that guy that can get Auburn back to a base level of success. Yeah, nothing like what we've seen from Harlan in his first two years, I mean, at least that I can recall. Even, uh, you, know, I, you know, I can't even has anyone started this badly? In the first two years that I can recall, uh, I, I I don't think so. I, I'd have to remember exactly what Tuberville did his first two years. Um, I know, obviously, Terry Bowden had that that undefeated right. season pretty early on. We know Malzahn had the big first year. Even Chiswick in his first two years went eight and five, followed by that Cam Newton national championship year. So. When you're looking at the last three or four at least, I mean, I, it, you'd have to go back to, I guess, what Pat Dye did. I think Pat Dye had maybe a slow year or two as he tried to turn the program around after Barfield. But uh, it, not two losing seasons, though. No, I don't think losing seasons. Yeah, I'm just saying relative to what Pat Dye ultimately did, they were leaner than what, what obviously his, his prime was. But, yeah, no, I, I don't recall um, in these last five or six coaches anything like this. So – Guys, you know, I've heard a lot of names on message boards being thrown out for coaches. Yeah. But I have not heard this name, or I've not read this person being even considered. And I want to see what you guys think. What about Ted Lasso? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I, um, great for soccer. Another kind of football. Not this football. I know. I, but, I mean, if he can do what he did, surely uh, he can't do any worse than what we've got right now. Yeah. That's a funny idea. Okay, well, I had to throw a little humor in there. Yeah, he's All good right, so for guys, morale. Uh, tomorrow, uh, 
I, I give us a less than 1% chance of winning, and that's painful for me to say that. Do you? Well, what's your confidence so that we can even beat the point spread, guys? It's 15. 15. Um, I would say probably a 30 to 40 percent chance that Auburn can cover that. I think. I think they will. I think in the first half it will be pretty close. I. I, I don't think it will get to the three possession type of game until well into the second half. I think it's I think it mirrors the Georgia game in that instance. And I do expect Auburn to score more than zero by the half. I don't think they'll go crazy or anything, but I can see something like fourteen to seven, uh, maybe fourteen to ten Ole Miss at the half. And then Ole Miss goes in the second half. They run up 20, 30 points in the second half, and they run away with it. But I, I think there's a reasonable chance they can cover, but uh, I do not think there's a good chance, obviously, that they will win. Yeah, I've, I've seen predictions, even from uh, you know, Auburn 247 sports riders, 31-17, to 31-13. to 13. I said, wow, we've really uh, fallen on hard times against Ole Miss. You know, it used to be, when I was growing up, uh, that was it was it was given to our matter that you've got to be you know the Mississippi teams you know yeah uh, and, and now you know this is uh, what we've come to wow. okay uh, the uh, the Braves I've seen uh, the starting of the pitcher uh, Strider uh, he's going against uh, Nola uh, how that matchup look like to you guys well I, I you know Aaron Nola is a, a more experienced pitcher he's been the Phillies ace for a few years now. Obviously, that game just just started. We're watching that in the studio. Strider's had an incredible year, though. I think that the question is his first postseason start, his first innings pitched in three or four weeks, or about three weeks since he had that, uh, I think, oblique injury. And, and, and so, really, I, I think you're going to get something solid from Nola. Uh, but the, but Strider's not going to pitch deep into this game. Either way, even if he is effective, because he's not pitched in a few weeks, they're not pitching him more than 50, 60 pitches today. So I just think it's about giving, getting through the Phillies lineup one one time, maybe a time and a half, and, and, and relying on the bullpen a lot in this one. Do you see this being a low-scoring uh, game? The Braves will need it to be. I think I, I think they're I don't think they're going to score a lot off Nola. I think the Braves are going to be running out a lot of different bullpen arms that are going to need to put up zeros. I do think this is a three to two type of game. Oh wow! Okay. Um, finally, tomorrow's the, the the big actually a meaningful game now uh, between Tennessee and Bama. Uh, I've seen wild projections. I've seen people predicting a blowout by Alabama. Then I've seen actually Tennessee being projected to win the game. How do you see that, guys? Uh, that game uh, outcome. Yeah, no, I think it's a very tough one to predict. I, I do not see a blowout, um, especially not if Bryce Young is is anything less than a hundred percent. I think with Tennessee, just the 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 thing I think about the last decade and a half is if if, if a healthy Bryce Young trots out there, how disappointing it would be for Tennessee <laughs> to go out and lose by twenty points, and, and so that's in the back of my mind. But I don't think Bryce Young is a hundred percent, even if he does start and play most of this game. And so I think this is going to be a really close game, and I think it's going to come down to can Tennessee force a turnover, give their own defense a break because their defense is not very good. And obviously Alabama's defense is quite good, but Tennessee's offense is really good. So you're, you're, if you're Tennessee's defense, you're going to have to manufacture some stops. I, and, and I know, even though Bryce Young might not be 100%, you say it might be easier to do that, and it, and it should be. 
but they they nevertheless they're going they're going to have to get some benefit of their crowd and usually crowds affect more when the Alabama offense Tennessee defense is on uh, the field rather than the opposite. So I, I think it's going to be really important for Tennessee to use that crowd and get get Alabama out of sorts. I can't wait to see what it looks like. My brother's a Tennessee graduate. I think it's an epic opportunity for the Vols to get the win. Uh, I don't know necessarily that it could take place and happen, but uh, we'll have, just have to watch it. A minute left in the hour, Steve, so okay, give us your final uh, thoughts. How about those us at you? You know, we're number one in the nation in uh, turnovers. That's not good, yeah. <laughs> That's not good. Uh, so I want to ask you guys, tomorrow, how many turnovers will Auburn have? Uh, I don't think Ole Miss will force a ton. Ole Miss has gotten better defensively. I don't think Ole Miss is, is a sib like they were Lane Kiffin's first year. Uh, but I, I'm, I'm going to say Auburn has one turnover. I'm going to say two or three. Wow. I, I'm hoping you guys are right because – We've been having you like five to six, I think, turnovers a game, haven't we? I don't know if it's been that bad. They've they've had some multi turnover game. They had a four turnover game, I know, but I, I don't uh they've also had several games where they had like two. Okay. Well, I say guys, uh I hope you guys have a relaxing and enjoyable uh weekend. And uh I can only uh, keep wondering when when will this uh you know, uh, football nightmare uh if uh, finally come to an end and uh, hopefully I feel more optimistic about uh, the, the future of Auburn football. There's a chance right, the next time we speak there will be a, a different head coach, so we'll have we'll to wait see. and see how that plays out. Uh, and Alvin Flanagan's back, so that's a good sign. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. All right, guys. Uh, until uh, Monday, yeah, stay safe and War Eagles. Thank you. That's retired War Amp Steve joining us there on Sports Call. Always a pleasure to catch up with him. And that brings us to the end of the hour alongside my good buddy Ryan Lavoy. I'm J.J. Jackson. One hour in the books, and we are rolling. One hour of our show is in the books. We've got more to come. Stay tuned for another hour of Sports Call right after the break. Since 1995, Alabama's sports talk leader, Tiger Communications, proudly presents Sports Call. It's time to join our Sports Call crew as they discuss the latest headlines and happenings around Auburn and the entire sports world. To be part of the show, give us a call at 334-887-3401 locally or toll-free at 1-888-9-TIGER-9. We're taking phone calls all show long and want to talk about whatever you've got on your mind. And now, coming to you live from the loveliest village on the plains, Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show, Sports Call. 
second hour of Sports Call starts right now on Tiger 95.9 FM and on the Tiger Communications app. JJ Jackson inside the studio with my buddy Ryan Lavoy on this fantastic Friday afternoon here on the loveliest village on the Plains. Auburn football gearing up for a road trip to Ole Miss tomorrow. They will take on the Rebels, and it'll be an 11 a.m. kickoff with the pregame show starting at 8 a.m. on our sister station, FM Talk 93.9. Here on Sports Call this hour, we'll chat with Brian Matthews of AuburnSports.com at 4.30 today. Really looking forward to catching up with him and talking about this football team uh, that's on a week away from their bye week, and we'll see what changes could possibly be made if Auburn were to lose the football game. We'd love to hear from you, 334-887-3401, or toll-free 1-888-9-Tiger-9, as, as we discussed in the first hour of today's show and throughout this week, Ryan, we've got a lot of really, really good college football matchups taking place starting tomorrow. Yeah, and Steve brought up, obviously, the big one that's in the SEC and what's going to be college game day, Alabama and Tennessee, but you brought up earlier as well, Michigan and Penn State is the first really huge Big Ten game we've seen because that conference is so slanted towards one division this year because wisconsin and iowa are down on the other half so you've got number 24 illinois who i think everyone judges to be a pretender at this point so really you're the three teams in the big 10 are are michigan ohio state and penn state they're all in that same same division so they'll all play each other but they haven't done it yet so this is the first one of the of those big matches between those three and then you look in the Big 12, Oklahoma State and TCU is such a big one. Uh, as you've seen Baylor really struggle this year, as you've seen Oklahoma really struggle this year, you kind of look at it, these could be the best two teams in the Big 12. And it, it might not be particularly close, depending on what ultimately happens with Kansas, what ultimately happens with, with Texas and Quinn Ewers coming back. So this this is a really yeah. big game in the Big 12, too. And, and they're two undefeated teams, and you start to look at it as we're now getting to the halfway point in the year and you start to shift your attention attention towards teams that are still in the mix to make the college football playoff, any undefeated Power 5 team at this point is still in the mix. And there might be some one-loss teams that uh, you know come out of this weekend that might still be involved, but I feel like there's a lot of Power 5 teams still going right now. I think even in the ACC, I know I guess NC State's lost the game, but Syracuse is undefeated. And as silly as it sounds, if Syracuse went undefeated, they found a way to beat Clemson a little later, they'd go, they'd end up going if, if they went undefeated, went 13-0. and So all these teams that are still in the mix, and I think this is going to be a really big weekend for college football. And that's a top-20 battle tomorrow as well. Number 15, NC State, is at number 18, Syracuse. That's a top-20 battle taking place in college football. TCU and Oklahoma State, I think people uh, traditionally over the last few years have been a little bit higher on Oklahoma State in preseason rankings. We could have foreseen the Cowboys staying a top-20 team in the sport. But TCU, man, surprising a lot of people with how well they've been playing this season. Yeah, and TCU's been going through a transition period post-Gary Patterson. Obviously, the last couple of years of Gary Patterson were not nearly as good. That's why he's not there uh-huh. anymore. It was kind of a mutual firing type of deal. Who was the A&M quarterback that went there? Uh, Kenny Hill. Yes. Kenny Trill. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so I thought T- maybe he would revitalize TCU a little bit, but that didn't really work no, in those last Gary Patterson years. That's been five, six years, too. Yeah. <laughs> um, but you look at what TCU's done on the resume. They beat Colorado to start the year. Colorado's been awful. Colorado, 
uh, if if no one's kept up, Colorado is is going to go through a coaching change, and, and they're having their worst team in a very long time. Uh, they were able to beat SMU on the road, who's a, a decent AAC team. They smoked Oklahoma. That was the first uh, real red flag that Oklahoma was having a big problem. That was a couple weeks ago, and then they beat Kansas in a in a entertaining back and forth game. Which, by the way, so good of, of college game day to go to Kansas for that because you just never know when Kansas is going to be back up there ranked like that. Maybe if Leopold stays there a long time, maybe he he puts something together. But it, it is an uphill battle over there at Kansas. So good on game day. But you, you look at it, and I did leave one Big Twelve team out that is having another good year, and that's uh, that, that's Kansas State. Uh, so TCU actually. This is their season these next two weeks. And, again, I know Texas is not bad either. But TCU, they host Oklahoma State this weekend. They host Kansas State next weekend. I mean, that's that's for TCU. That's all you want to know. They come out of that 7-0. They are on playoff watch. Uh, you, you, I mean, they're going to be in the conversation. Or they could lose two straight and they're done. You know, they're out of the playoff watch. They're probably not going to the Big 12 championship game at that point. And so th- those, are, those are the teams – uh, that's a very interesting game. Do you remember the inaugural CFP playoff year in 2014 when we had a big TCU Baylor debate? Yeah, that was like the first and like, wow, this is what we're going to expect every single year. And that was a monstrous debate between TCU and Baylor. I don't remember any of the details other than that the two schools were in the mix for that playoff. Well, year. all the Big Twelve had to do was was have a Big Twelve championship game and. The winner could have gone, right. but they just kind of pulled the attention away from each yeah. other because there was a debate, and it was for that fourth spot. And I, I forget who got in over them, but the, yeah, I mean that was that caused the Big Twelve to say, even though we don't have enough teams for divisions, we only have ten, and we name ourselves the Big Twelve. We've got to have a conference championship game, period. And so that's when they adopted the the nine game model. Where they play everyone in the league, and then the top two teams go and, and play a, a Big Twelve championship game. But yeah, that cost them that year for sure. I dig it. I dig it. Epic college football matchups. Another top twenty-five battle in the SEC: Mississippi State and Kentucky. A lot of uh, activity this weekend there in Lexington because we've got Big Blue Madness a little bit later this evening. A major spectacle. In college basketball annually, given the uh, prestige of that Kentucky basketball program. And then tomorrow, they welcome in a Mississippi State team that, uh, under Mike Leach, is having a remarkable year. Yeah, Mississippi State, um, we'll start with them. So they're 5-1, and one, and what's impressed me is they have really um, perfect, perfected that, that air raid scheme. And... After that LSU game earlier in the season, I think there were real questions. They lost 31 to 16. LSU seemed to physically dominate. It seemed that LSU seemed like they were too fast for Mississippi State. But since that game, State has played much better ball. They scored 40 plus against Bowling Green. Who cares? But they scored 42 on Texas A&M, who I still value to have a pretty solid defense. It's clearly the offense that's Texas A&M's problem. But they put up 42 on A&M. They put up 40 on Arkansas. And so the moral of this story is Mississippi State in five of their six games has scored 39 points or more. They scored 39 against Arizona on the road in week two. So five of the six, they've scored 39 or more. So this air raid has been working. They've got, as we talked about in the preseason, the perfect players for it. Now that this is Leach's third year, Will Rogers again returning at quarterback. Rogers putting up again just gaudy numbers. And state, we're we're now seeing what can the best version of an air raid look like in this conference at Mississippi State, 
And so far, it's looking pretty good. Now, Mississippi State has a tough schedule because they've got this at Kentucky game. Then they're at Alabama. They do host Auburn before they host Georgia. They get their last non-con game against ETSU. And then they have Ole Miss. So Mississippi State has four more ranked opponents out of their final six games. So we're, so Mississippi State is not a finished product. They they could very easily finish like 7-5, and five, and we don't think too much of them. But they have real opportunities to do some damage here at the same point and as, as unlikely as it would be for them to beat Alabama or beat Georgia you never know I like to see those air raids against those two expert defenses and then on the Kentucky side of things you know their season's already got to be labeled a little disappointing I think after they go and beat Florida early in the season in the swamp what was that week two week three I think it was week two I did too um They've now lost two in a row. And look, the Ole Miss game, you totally understand it. Ole Miss is a good team. But if you're Kentucky, you lament that loss because they had multiple opportunities in scoring range late in that game, and they fumbled twice. And so a part of that is that then their offensive line has really struggled this year. And then last week, because the offensive line struggled the week before, Will Levis was banged up. Will Levis couldn't play against South Carolina, and thus South Carolina gets their first meaningful win of the 2022 season, a win that Shane Beamer really needs. So now Kentucky went from number seven in the country coming that Ole Miss game to where if they lose this game, they won't be ranked. And so this is a pretty big game kind of separating the middle of the pack in the in the SEC. Will Levis should be playing in this game, but – their offensive line was or probably still going to be there because if we're learning through Auburn, we're learning in other situations, offensive line is one of the harder things to get better throughout the season. You kind of are what you are in that respect. You can be more fundamentally sound. You could stop committing dumb penalties. You can start to line up properly. Maybe even you can tackle a little bit better with more reps. But with offensive line, it just doesn't seem that you get worlds better. And so Kentucky, that could be an issue for them all year long. And, of course, they still have Tennessee and Georgia on that schedule as well. So Kentucky, to prevent having a normal Kentucky six- or seven-win team, they really need to win this game. Yeah, Ryan, you look at this matchup. Fun fact for folks, if you're listening to us talk about the quarterbacks, this is a J.J. Jackson fun fact that's entirely irrelevant. I take way too much pride in these things. But both starting quarterbacks, their first name is Will. That's pretty fun. Oh, awesome. Yeah, yeah that's good Good to Just know. great stuff. People yeah. needed to know that and put that t- together. Um, Will Rogers, though, at Mississippi State, you mentioned the video game numbers. Uh, really enjoyed listening to the Snaps podcast with college football on the Volume Network, put together by Colin Coward. It's hosted by T-Bob Bear and Aaron Murray, and they had a good time joking with Aaron Murray. He has had the SEC completions record since 2013. Will Rogers this past weekend took that record away from him. Aaron Murray had over 900 completions in 52 games. Will Rogers just broke it in his 28th game. That is such a stark difference. In Stark Vegas. And I think that. (laughs) (laughs) I think. Where's the. uh, Obviously, yeah. yeah, Ryan knows his stuff. Um, (laughs) Obviously, that parts in the system. But I hate that when we just hide behind the system because if Will Rogers was not good in that system, he would not be allowed the opportunity to continue to be the quarterback. And so he's obviously perfected that system. You look at his numbers on the year. 22 TDs to three picks. <laughs> okay, So if you say, oh, well, it's just because he's thrown a lot of passes. Well, if he throws a lot of passes, should he have more inter- interceptions? You know, should, One would think. You know, and, and he's done a really good job of being accurate with the ball. 
I think he's around 70% as a passer this year, uh, as he was last year. And, and look, he just fits that offense so well. And I think one of the, the things about this Kentucky team is while Kentucky is really good – or about this Kentucky game is while this Kentucky team is a good defensive team, I don't think it's a good type of defense that would bother Mississippi State. I think what we're seeing, if I just isolate the six games from Mississippi State – I think Mississippi State's going to struggle against teams that they are not as fast as, that they are not as purely athletic or as talented as. So like LSU did a great job. They got to Rodgers. They sacked him several times. He, he committed a turnover or two because they were quicker and stronger than your average team. But Kentucky's just another fundamentally sound team. And I say just fundamentally like like it's not a big deal. But what I'm saying is Mississippi State should not be wowed by Kentucky's athleticism. They shouldn't you know, just be, be getting beat around the end or being bull rushed and bullied. And so that's what Mississippi State does is when you give them time, when they can get going, I mean, they're just seven yards, seven yards, eight yards, six yards in their passing game. And – I, I think that still matches up well with Mississippi State. When they play Georgia's athletic defense and strong defense, when they play Alabama's great defense, that will be a bigger issue running that uh, running that spread, running that air raid. But against teams that they are on a similar level of uh, on athleticism, I think that's when their execution, because they are very good at what they do. It's not just Kentucky can execute their defense pretty well. Mississippi State obviously executes their offense very well. So – I still like this opportunity for Mississippi State. And look, being ranked 16th, they win a, a top 25 game on the road. They'd be well within the top 15 for a team that, again, a lot of people had questions about thinking they'd be at the bottom of the West. Here's another top 25 battle taking place this upcoming weekend in college football. How about the 7th-ranked USC Trojans? They will take on number 20 Utah tomorrow. We've got to take a break. Sports Call continues in a moment. We need a timeout. Sports Call will be back after this quick break. Want more Sports Call? Check us out online at sportscallauburn.com. Back on Sports Call, Tiger 95.9 FM and on the Tiger Communications app, JJ Jackson with Ryan Lavoy. Getting set for a conversation with Brian Matthews of AuburnSports.com here in just a little bit. And again, we're talking about all the exciting games coming up in the world of college football tomorrow. I mentioned one right as we were going to break. Lincoln Riley, he's going on the road. Number 20, Utah. Big time matchup there. UCLA has been impressive in the Pac-12 this season. What Bo Nix is doing at Oregon with the Ducks has been a whole lot of fun for you and I to watch, Ryan. But um, people want to know what was year one going to look like for Lincoln Riley. They're a top 10 team, thanks in large part to Caleb Williams coming over to play quarterback for him there in Los Angeles. Uh, But they've got a big one against number 20 Utah. I'm excited to see who wins that game. Yeah, and it's big for a multitude of reasons. One, I mean, USC has really not played anyone that robust so far. Uh, They've not gotten a big test. They uh, played Stanford on the road. That was 
a 13-point victory. They have got very scared by Oregon State and Corvallis. They needed a last-minute touchdown to win that game. They beat Arizona State. Great. Awesome. They've fired Herm Edwards this year. And they beat Washington State 30-14. to So they're not exactly pantsing these teams, but they've also, <laughs> uh, other than Oregon State, they've also not had a last-minute game. But I tell you what, when you look at their schedule, and again, I, I'm starting to shift towards this narrative of starting to monitor the monitor the playoff situation. We we joked last year because the Pac-12 was out of it by now. I mean, they were just completely cooked. But you mentioned Oregon. I don't know what Oregon's status is as a one-loss team getting smoked by Georgia. Obviously, they have risen back in the polls up to 12, but. I think what you're looking at is the two Los Angeles teams. And if you're looking at USC, which we are right now for this USC-Utah game, if they get through Utah, they go to Arizona, who's not very good. They host Cal, who's not very good. They host Colorado, who's over and just awful. Not very good. And then they're at UCLA. They host Notre Dame to end. So my my, my thinking is if they get through this game, they're going to be 10-0 and when they play UCLA in the Rose Bowl the next to last week of the year. So I think this is a very significant game for USC. Utah, I'm not as interested about. They're two losses. They are out of that college football playoff picture. I still think they're a decent team. But obviously, they just lost to UCLA, who's undefeated, and they lost to Florida. So they have lost their two big opportunities. And Utah will play Oregon later on in this year, so they will play them unlike USC. But um, I, I, I just think this is a really fascinating game for USC, the, where they are. Obviously, they're already in a good place. I mean, they, they have not been this good in several years already, so they've already achieved something in that, that they are 6-0. and But sure. are they playoff good? And and they've really only got two big tests in my eyes, this game and the UCLA game, to pass before a Pac-12 championship game. So, look, the Pac-12 is a little leaner still. I mean, the USC's looking better, Oregon's looking better, better and that's great. But they're still below the SEC – they're still below, in my opinion, even the Big 12, and they're below the Big 10 still. And, and so they're not far below the Big 10. Big 10's having a rough year over in that other division, as we talked about. But I still like the threesome of Ohio State, Michigan, and Penn State a lot. So you're still looking at the fourth or fifth best conference here, even with some some better stories with Oregon and, and USC improving. But, yeah, I just think this is such a big game because it is at Utah. So Utah's used to a better brand of defense than most Pac-12 schools. Uh, they get that crowd behind them. And, again, when USC went to a difficult night game in Corvallis, they only scored 17 points. Yeah. So there is a real opportunity for Utah to pull off this upset. It's a big one. Caleb Williams gets a lot of buzz as the Oklahoma transfer quarterback there with USC, but also give credit Travis Dye, a transfer running back from Oregon, Jordan Addison, the Bolitnikoff winner a year ago at Pitt. He transferred in to play for the Trojans this season. They've got a lot of really, really talented skill position guys. And let me also add, I say upset, upset in the rankings, because if you're actually betting on this game, Utah is favored by three and a half. So, Which kind of surprised me, just because Vegas, you would think they'd like the brand a lot of USC, but they're, <laughs> but they're clearly valuing Utah's experience, Whittingham being several years now of success in the Pac-12 with Utah. And that good defense. And again, like I said, USC still relatively untested uh, because, again, I mean, just putting two and two together, they've not played a ranked team yet. 
So this is really a step up in competition for what USC's gone through to this point. We'll take our next commercial break here on the program. When we come back, Brian Matthews from AuburnSports.com joins the program. We chat with him coming up next here on Sports Call. J.J. Jackson and the guys want to hear from you. Give them a call to join Sports Call at 334-887-3401. I'm Britt Bowen, voice of Auburn women's basketball and Auburn softball. You're listening to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9. Welcome back into the program. This is Sports Call on Tiger 95.9 FM and on the Tiger Communications app. J.J. Jackson with Ryan LaVoy for today's show. Sports Call can now be heard on Amazon Alexa devices. Open the Alexa app on your iPhone or Android and tap the menu icon and tap Skills and Games. Search for Sports Call Auburn. Select the skill, tap Enable to Use, and you're done. All you have to do now is say, hey, Alexa, play Sports Call Auburn, and you're listening to Auburn's First and Auburn's favorite sports talk show. All of your support for this program is greatly, greatly appreciated. What we want to do right now is go to our Auburn Bank phone line to bring on a longtime friend of the program. It's our pal Brian Matthews from AuburnSports.com who's joining us here on the program. B-Matt, thanks for the time. How are you, sir? I'm doing good. How about you? Very well. Thank you so much for asking. What's this week been like for you leading up to this uh, Auburn football game when it feels like there's a lot of uncertainty uh, regarding the future of the program? It's not no, It's not what you expect, you know. Uh, normally this would be a pretty big road game, you know. Ole Miss ranked number nine in the country, you know. Um, Auburn not. Uh, but, uh, you know, really most of the talk around Auburn remains to be about Brian Harson's future. There's not really – a lot to talk about the game itself, uh, other than, you know, can Auburn hang in there and make a game of it? We'll see. Yeah, that's going to be the big question. This Ole Miss offense is so talented. We've seen that from Kiffin over the years. Auburn's got this six-game winning streak against Ole Miss and have won 11 of 13 against the Rebels. It just feels like their backs are certainly against the wall. Is it make or break for Brian Harson and his future as the Tigers head coach? Because so many people want to bring up the fact that next week is that bye week. Where do you sit on this, Brian? I think it could be, you know. I think, um, you know, if it's not a competitive game, if um, Auburn's beaten pretty badly over there in Oxford, I think, um, you know, the powers in Auburn might might feel like uh, this is untenable and they need to make the move now. And if not, if it's a competitive game, then they'll feel like they're they're better off waiting and uh, you know keeping him in charge and keeping things um, steady and uh, you know not uh, not shaking it up too much to get through. Uh, not, I wouldn't say the whole season, but most of the rest of the season. Of all the problems for this Auburn team, Brian, obviously the offensive line is the one that, that everyone focuses on the most and has been uh, the, the biggest problem. Uh, against this Ole Miss team that is not known for defense, however, has improved year over year on defense, what are Auburn's chances of being able to at least be able to try and execute and give themselves a chance on offense? Well, the offensive line has to play a lot better than it has, for sure. I mean, that's a group that just um, it's really struggled. I mean, they don't really have – excuse me, they don't really have a foundational run play right now. There's not one. 
so they, they try to do something different every game, and it just doesn't seem like they can <clears throat> ever get it going. So uh, uh, that's an area that uh, they just really got to find a way to improve quickly. Yeah, and for the uh, the Auburn defense, we talked about Auburn being able to beat Ole Miss last year, despite Ole Miss having a ten win season and and going to a New Year's Six Bowl for the first time. And with an accomplished quarterback, that ends up getting drafted pretty high in Matt Corral. This quarterback, obviously, in Jackson Dart, not quite Matt Corral, but their run game has been so good. So, what can Auburn try and take from last year's victory in Jordan Hare Stadium on the defensive side of the ball to try and slow Ole Miss's offense down? Well, they have to take away the run game early. And, uh, you know, Dart is a good quarterback, but he does make mistakes. He does, <coughs> excuse me, tend to force balls. And, um, man, I lost my voice there. But uh, <coughs> that'll be the key. Stop the run. If they can't do that, you know, it's going to be a blowout. And uh, <coughs> they've got to find a way to get some turnovers. <coughs> That's been another area they've really struggled into. Let me take it over for a moment here. We'll let BMAC clear his throat, talk about this uh, Auburn football game tomorrow against Ole Miss. Kickoff is going to be at 11 a.m. You can watch the game, of course, but we'd encourage you to listen to it here on FM Talk 93.9 in the Auburn Sports Network. The Tiger Tailgate Show gets started at 8 a.m. So uh, with this Auburn defensive unit, you're right, they haven't been able to force as many turnovers. It's been so strange, and yet another strange fact about this defense is that the secondary has only allowed like what two passing touchdowns through the air pretty wild the success that they've had in terms of keeping the football out of the end zone through the passing attack of opposing offenses brian yeah i think the coverage has been pretty good um especially as the season's gone on they struggled early with that but uh just have not been able to you know get interceptions tip balls you know make those plays that they got to make and you know, I felt like uh, <coughs> looking at Missouri, which they should have lost, and LSU, which they could have won, you know, if they would have put it on the defense to give them more opportunities, maybe they could have made those plays late in the game, those game-winning type plays. Um, so, so we'll see. If, if Auburn can make this four-quarter game and they're smart and they, they can punt and rely on that defense, you know, maybe those guys can come up with a big turnover and, that they really haven't been able to do at the clutch time yet this season. And this being an 11 a.m. game, Brian, obviously we talk a lot about uh, with fans and their preferences for game time. It's no secret that a night game can be uh, a little bit more of an edgy atmosphere, and that's what probably fans prefer. And then also mixing in with the fact that Ole Miss uh, has had some attendance issues to the point where Lane Kiffin's brought up in his press conference. Uh, I know they've pleaded again to, to make sure they fill Vaught-Hemingway Stadium and, and stay for the whole game, but what do you think in terms of atmosphere Auburn should be expecting? Coming off an atmosphere that, that's also a, a very difficult atmosphere in Sanford Stadium, it seems to be this one, 11 a.m. at Ole Miss, seems to be a, maybe a little bit more doable of an atmosphere. Yeah, I would expect a pretty good atmosphere. I, I just think uh, Lane's made a big deal out of it, and they responded in the last game. I think they will again. I mean, this is the top ten team, and um, they know their record against Auburn too, which is not very good. So this is a big opportunity for them, and I think they're going to respond. I would expect a really good atmosphere about him anyway. Can't wait to see what the game looks like. You're on Twitter, at BMATAU. I know you're going to have great coverage of the game tomorrow. Brian, the time is so greatly appreciated. Tell our listeners about some of the coverage coming their way at your website. Yeah, of course, I've got a commitment.
but they can play reading with Tampa. We go to offensive tackle. Um, we'll continue to go to football, basketball, at uh, practice and pro day or this week, baseball practice going on, all that more. Follow me on Twitter at BMATAU. Thanks so much for the time, Brian. We'll talk again soon, okay? All right, that's our good pal Brian Matthews joining us here on Sports Call. Always a pleasure to catch up with him and talk about what's going on in the life of Auburn athletics. Big game tomorrow. This team's got to improve if they want to find a way to get back into the win column. We'll take a break. It's going to be our final timeout here the second hour. Sports Call continues in a moment. Sports Call has been on the air since 1995. Fall foliage and thousands of reds, oranges, and yellows. One RV, two bicycles, and 42 years in the making. You can finally begin that one big adventure with your lifetime best friend. When it's time to enjoy retirement, you trust only one bank. Troy Bank and Trust has a location near you. For every financial need along life's journey, rely on us today, tomorrow, and always. The only bank you'll ever need. Troy Bank and Trust. Member FDIC. This just in. Auburn Bank has completed their 114th year of serving their community. This next one goes out to Auburn Bank, champions of you. Touchdown, Auburn Bank. The champions of you are 114-0. Welcome to Auburn Bank. How can we help? I hear y'all are undefeated. Helping you achieve your financial goals is our goal. Visit championsofyou.com to see how we can serve you. Auburn Bank, champions of you. Member FDIC. My joints aren't what they used to be. Routine exercise, playing ball outside with the kids, riding bikes on vacation. I never worried about keeping up. But now, my joint pain has started slowing me down. I decided to make an appointment with the orthopedic clinic. Their surgical partners had the experience, technology, and personalized approach to care that I was looking for. Best of all, it was close to home. I'm thankful I chose the orthopedic clinic. Don't let joint pain slow you down. Visit theorthoclinic.com and schedule your appointment today. Lifesavers Mission Thrift Store not only helps you find great deals on clothes, household goods, furniture, and more. Every time you shop, you help Lifesavers Ministries to impact children, families, and the community in which we live. 100% of the proceeds from your purchase goes towards the numerous ministries under the Lifesavers umbrella. And you can rest assured that the funds stay right here in the Opelika and Auburn communities. Help out today by shopping or donating at Lifesavers Mission Thrift Store, located at 2051 East University Drive in Auburn. Follow Sports Call on Twitter at Sports Call AU. Like us on Facebook at Sports Call AU. Welcome back into the program. JJ Jackson alongside Ryan LaVoy. Our thanks again to Brian Matthews from AuburnSports.com for joining us on the show. Make sure you go check out their work. Again, AuburnSports.com. And he's on Twitter at BMATAU. Does seem that if Auburn were to lose the game on Saturday against Ole Miss, that this could mark the end of the Brian Harson era as the head coach of the Tigers. But it's college football. These are 18 to 22 year olds that we're relying on to make plays. You just never know what could potentially happen. So uh, it should be a fun football game tomorrow, and we're certainly hopeful that Auburn can come out with the big time win. 
Ryan, I'm curious. You, you mentioned the secondary for this Auburn football team and the struggles they've had defensively, as we just brought up with Brian Matthews. They've only given up two passing touchdowns this season. That is the best in all of FBS football. Isn't that crazy to think about? Yeah. I, I can't wrap my mind around that. I don't know if I mentioned their struggles. I, um, but um, I didn't mean to say yeah, Brian. Uh-huh. Brian. Uh-huh. Gotcha. Um, so Your names are similar. They are. Um, he just has a name at, uh, or a B in front right. of Ryan on his name. B. Ryan. Right. Yep. Um, and and uh, the head football coach for Auburn, he is B. Ryan. Yes, and uh, that will not be the name next year in all likelihood. But, um, <laughs> yeah, no, Auburn's Auburn's defense is not atrocious. They, they've they had their moments. They're obviously not a great stellar defense, but – you know that that's not what's bothering this team, and I think that some of the product of poor offense kind of permeates to defense. You know, you start to lose, um, you start to lose. I don't want to say your will, but you lose that edge as your offense continually turns it over, three and out, can't block somebody, can't take advantage of short field. Like, let, let me present this to you: when Auburn forces that turnover on Stetson Bennett to start the second half in Athens, Auburn has a 20-yard field. I think they started the 19-yard line. Good point. They scored three points. You have to score that touchdown. That's a demoralizing thing for the defense to know. Even when they give you a 20-yard field, you still can't score a touchdown. And that wears on a defense. I've seen this a lot. We always see this in college football, to be quite frank. There's always teams that have pretty respectable defenses that have atrocious offenses and then end up the damn breaks in the second half of so many games because you're out on the field for so many plays. You start to get tired. You start to think to yourself, what does this even mean? We, even if we stop them two more times, we ain't scoring. And, and that those thoughts go through your head, and I think that's as much to do with anything on this Auburn defense. Again, they're not perfect. This Auburn defense is not top three defense in the SEC, but I don't think it's a bad defense. I just think it's okay, and it gets made to look worse when they're on the field all the game. I mean, think of it. If the other team runs 80 offensive plays and you run 50, what's the chances the team with 80 is going to come up with more offense? And you think about the LSU game. Auburn defense did a good job in that game. They gave up under 300 yards. Seven of the points LSU scored was on a fumble return. And then you think about the Missouri game. Yeah, Auburn's offense did not score in the second half. Neither did Missouri's offense because Auburn's defense kept them in the game. So I think this defense has been fine. I think it does not deserve a lot of criticism, but it's just been the offense that has just led to so many problems and is really controlling the situation with the team. 334-887-3401 or toll free at one triple eight nine tiger 9 if you would like to call in and be a part of Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show. Hopeful that Auburn can get a little bit of the ground game going. That's a big question mark. It's something that hasn't happened this season. Uh, it's unfortunate. Tank Bigsby is so, so talented. And I want to see Tank Bigsby have great outputs for Auburn in his final season. And I, I just... I don't know. We haven't seen it I, and I don't think we're this year, it. and it's sad that we're probably not going to yeah. see it. No, I don't think we're going to see it. Uh, they, they can't. Uh, they just can't open holes. Um, I can't remember which stat it was, but you were reading earlier this week a, a stat. Someone was a stat about how 
uh, many yards or how many times he's been hit in the backfield and how many yards have come after contact and how it's still really high up there because he's getting hit immediately. And, you know, it's even tough. Like, we all know Tank has got some power. We all know he, he does usually a pretty good job of cutting, staying on the ground, not just going out of bounds. But, you know, it's kind of hard to even assess his vision at times because you'd say, oh, maybe he's not finding the holes. Well, when there's approximately zero holes – three four straight run plays <laughs> i don't know where you're supposed to look to go right you know and and i think that's been that's just been a major part of it too is is there's i talk about the offensive line it's kind of hard to grade quarterback play uh as well as you would want to because you're not giving the quarterback proper opportunities same thing with the running backs you know i think we saw enough in 2020 out of tank bigsby to know that he's an incredibly talented running back and i think that if you had a different system going, you had different offensive line play, I think you'd be seeing big Tank Bigsby outings. I think you'd be seeing really big productive runs, but we're just not seeing that this year because this entire offensive line has turned bad at really both both aspects of it, the run blocking and the pass blocking. Remember last year they started to pass block a lot better. It was the run blocking that was troublesome, and now this year they're just, they've regressed in, in both aspects. Can't wait to see Auburn football tomorrow from Vaught-Hennemulay Stadium in Oxford, Mississippi. Auburn versus Ole Miss, 11 a.m. Central kickoff. You can listen to the game on FM Talk 93.9. We've reached the end of the hour. One left to go. We're going to be taking your phone calls all throughout that final hour of Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show. Alongside Ryan LaVoy, I'm J.J. Jackson. Two hours in the books, and we're rolling. Two hours of sports call are finished. Don't touch that radio dial. We've got one more hour to go. Whether you're leaving work, cruising around town, or listening on demand, we've still got some fun left for you. To be part of the show, give us a call at 334-887-3401 locally or toll-free at 1-888-9-TIGER-9. Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show has been on the air since 1995 and is ready for 60 more minutes of fun. Now, let's get this hour of Sports Call started. The second hour of Sports Call gets started right now on Tiger 95.9 FM and on the Tiger Communications app. J.J. Jackson inside the studio with my buddy Ryan LaVoy on this fantastic Friday Coming to you live from our studios, and boy, we're having fun here on the program today. Uh, Fun except for the Atlanta Braves outcome right now in the National League Division Series playoffs. Things could be going better there in Philly. Getting wrecked. (laughs) 6 nothing Phillies. I think they're about to go to the bottom of the fourth or bottom of the fifth. And uh, a couple long home runs by Reese Hoskins and Bryce Harper. Uh, saw that the velocity on Spencer Strider's fastball went from 96, 97 down to 94 
on that Reese Hoskins homer and that couple miles per hour made a big difference on how far that ball went. So Braves, uh, to be quite frank, they're not winning this game. They're gonna they're gonna be trailing two to one after today, and they're gonna have to find one in Philly and try and force a game five at Atlanta on Sunday. But uh, yeah, Braves in big trouble for sure. Three three four eight eight seven thirty four zero one or toll free at one triple eight nine Tiger nine. If you would like to call in and chat with us here on Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show on this Friday again, Beauregard High School football tonight six thirty airtime here on Tiger ninety five point nine FM as the Hornets look to stay undefeated here in this high school football season. For now, we're taking your phone calls, so we'll take this opportunity to go to the Auburn Bank phone line and joining us now, Keith from Auburn. Keith has called into the program. Hi, Keith. JJ, Ryan, how are you guys today? Quite well. Doing well. Good. Beautiful day, isn't it? It is indeed, yes. Starting to cool off a little bit. Starting to feel like fall. Yep, it, it sure is. Hey, I want you guys to help me with something here. And I'm, I'm, I've thought about this. And, uh, these college coaches that have these like big contracts, uh, I, I'll use Dabo for a minute. I, I don't know what his contract is. Uh, well, let's let's go to Jimbo Fisher. His buyout's what ninety three million. A number like that, yes. Okay, so if, if a college head college football coach signs a deal and he's like a hundred a hundred million for ten years. I don't know. I'm just being hypothetical right. there. How do these coaches get paid? Do they get one lump sum? Do they get paid once a month? Or any idea how a contract's drawn up, how I, these coaches get paid? My guess would be that you would just be, I mean, again, my guess would be that these coaches are paid on the university payment system. You know, So if, if university employees are getting paid every two weeks, then cashes are hitting for these head coaches every two weeks. Okay. Well, that's got to be tough, right? Yeah. Yeah. Every uh, every couple of Fridays, you look at the uh, at the bank statement, and you're like, whoo! Yeah. <laughs> oh, goodness gracious. I got in the wrong career. Uh, exactly. There, exactly. I begged my oldest son to, to stay at Auburn to be a graduate assistant or something. You know, of course, he, he's very successful being a pilot in the Coast Guard, but still... These numbers that these coaches make, it's just really unreal. They're wild. I can't can't fathom that. But, yeah, guys, there are a lot of great football, college football games this weekend. And I think we'll know more about a little, uh, you know, a good bit about these college teams uh, after this weekend. Yeah, big, big Uh, test to know what they're like after these results. Yeah. So when does basketball season tip off, guys? Twenty-four days from today, Monday, November seventh, my birthday. November seventh. Well, happy birthday! Thank you. Yeah, Yeah. uh, college basketball has always been my favorite as a North Carolina native, and it just so happens this year that the entire country tips off on on November seventh. Well, good for you. (laughs) That'll be a a good birthday present. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. We're close. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You're going to be uh, 36, 37, JJ? How old are you? <laughs> I will be 27. <laughs> subtract a 27. decade from that, yeah. Oh, my gosh. What I'd give to be 27. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the good old days, right? 
Yeah, you got that right. But anyway, guys, I was just curious about these these contracts and how these coaches get paid because, you know, the, the, the money they make is ungodly. And then, you know, if I got to, you know, if I'm on the payroll and I got a $7 million check every two weeks or I don't know how, how they break that down, but I was like, good grief. Yeah, That's just the idea of, of that is, is wild to think about. Yeah, yeah. Well, all right, guys, listen, uh, enjoy your show. Uh, y'all keep up the great work. Yes, sir. I wish Auburn the best uh, tomorrow, and I wish Alabama the best as well because they're going to need it as well. But anyway, guys, uh, enjoyed uh, talking to you. Thank you for taking my call. And that's my good friend Steve Wardam Eagle or Wardam Steve Eagle or whatever he goes by. Until we talk again. All right. Time is up. Your time is up. Love it. See you, man. That's uh, Keith from Auburn joining us on the program. You can call in and talk with us, 334-887-3401. Yeah, every two weeks to see a paycheck like that pop into your uh, bank account. Don't know what that's like, uh, but uh, I'm sure that's a pretty awesome feeling for these college football coaches. And then, of course, with that comes uh, some hefty buyout checks as well if things don't go according to plan and if you have uh, to be relieved of your coaching duties. Yeah, and look, I think that the issue here is all these big buyouts, but all these big schools have boosters that have this money. Now, they may not contribute this kind of money year in, year out. They might not be donating $30, $40, 50000000 million every year. But if, if a group of boosters wants it bad enough, all these schools have some of these boosters that, that have tens of millions of dollars uh, that they'd be willing to parlay into a, a big change. I mean, a lot of these big schools, and especially Texas A&M. Now, I'm still not discounting that that's still an astronomical sum. And if you were, <laughs> if you did not have much pride, if you if you did not actually love what you did, there would be a great temptation just to phone it in. So like you could go ahead and get the money because that's a lot of money. Yeah. But I, I don't think that you know. I, I think Texas A and M will, uh, if they need to move on to Jimbo Fisher, they will. They will move on from Jimbo Fisher. I, I don't think they'll go two, three, four years extra just because he's going to have uh, a lot of money. They're going to have to pay him money. They're going to have to pay him money one way or another. You know, because he's either going to earn a lot of money per year to coach there or he's going to get a lot of money in a short amount of time to walk away but he's he's going to end up getting a lot of money from texas a&m so ultimately if they ever come to the point where they just think they're going backwards and they've got to move on then then they will and and money will not be a huge issue for them let's get another phone call on the line 334-887-3401 jeff from auburn is on the program jeff from auburn hello jeff Hey, how y'all doing? I just got one little comment on the coaches' pay. Okay. I believe these college coaches should be paid more. Uh, if you look at how college coaches are paid in comparison to these athletes, how much athletic sports are bringing to these colleges as a whole, they should be paid more. Look in comparison to pro athletes. You got pro athletes in the MLB and the NFL making fifty million a year. You got coaches like Kirby Smart and, and Nick Saban making around ten million a year. I definitely think that they deserve more. They're making just as much money to. And for the sport and for the college, as they are for the MLB, 
You know, I don't think that an athlete like Russell Westbrook making $47 million a year is doing as much for the Los Angeles Lakers as Kirby Smart is for the University of Georgia. They should be paying more. I don't think people realize how much athletics brings to these colleges and how much revenue there is in athletics. And another comment about getting paid, just about everybody in the world, no matter how much you make, $100 million a year is going to get paid every two weeks. That's my two cents. Thank you. All right, thank you so much. That's uh, Jeff from Auburn giving his thoughts there on the program. And uh, there is absolutely no denying the fact that athletics can bring in a lot of revenue for these universities and these schools. Uh, That is the first time in my career as uh, a broadcaster and then in my life, Ryan, as a sports fan, that I've heard Kirby Smart and Russell Westbrook mentioned in the same sentence oh yeah so we were able to just pull that off that's a good feat there i do agree that (laughs) russell westbrook makes too much money for what he contributes to the los angeles lakers you certainly see some um people argue you know when you're talking about kirby smart uh, the classic arguments usually with nick saban that they actually bring more value than what they get paid to um for for their universities you know i don't know if if it's true for just solid head coaches you know I, I i don't know if that's true but certainly when you've built um a, a dynasty like alabama has what georgia's building you could go up to ohio with ryan day and what he's continued to do with ohio state if you look at the premier coaches i'm sure there's more value to be had there uh, but if you wanted to get really into the weeds um you know the, they they talk about all the time in the NBA right now because it's a salary capped league that even some of their stars don't actually get the true value of what they're worth like a LeBron James or a Giannis Antetokounmpo with Steph Curry they those unique cases actually probably bring more value than what they're able to get under a salary capped league as well so you know there's no there's no pay structure that I think is airtight that there's not going to be some underpay some overpays um, but I definitely think you've seen in recent years the price of a head coach in college football go up. I think it will continue to go up as more and more money is at stake. And I think we were just looking – what were we looking at? Lane Kiffin the other week and his contract at Ole Miss and uh, the deal, J.J., that you talk about, that you informed me that, that Mississippi state of Mississippi employees can only be signed to four-year deals at a time. That goes for anybody. And so we looked at Lane Kiffin's initial four-year contract at Ole Miss, and he was making, what, $4 million a year, think, something in there. Yeah. And then the next four-year deal that he signed, which I believe was last year uh, or, or maybe preceded this year, um, was an extension that was like $6.5 million or $7 million. I, I, I'm, Those numbers are fuzzy, but it was, it was well over a, a 50% pay raise. And so – you are seeing coaching salaries go significantly up, and I think you will continue to see that. Thanks for the calls from Keith and Jeff right there to get us off and rolling in the final hour of Sports Call here today. Your thoughts can be heard by calling us as well. The Auburn Bank phone line, 334-887-3401. Call in and say hello to us. Back in a moment. May we have your attention, please? Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? We're Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show. 
Sports Call on Tiger 95.9. I'm Trevon Reed, former Auburn Tiger football player and national champion. You're listening to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9. Back on Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show, J.J. Jackson with Ryan LaVoy here on the program today. If you've missed any of our show, you can go back and listen to it on the Sports Call podcast brought to you by Coca-Cola. Our thanks again to Brian Matthews from AuburnSports.com for joining us on the show a little bit earlier. That conversation also available on our podcast feed. Thanks again to him for being a part of the show. Auburn takes on Ole Miss tomorrow, 11 a.m. kickoff. You can listen to it on FM Talk 93.9. And also, as we've been saying, we are 24 days away from the start of the college basketball season. 24 days away from the first regular season game of the year. Auburn will take on George Mason that day. And then uh, tons of college football to get us there. You mentioned it at the start of today's show, Ryan. But this is like the best time of year with all these sports taking place. Yeah, I mean, and it's all very important because, you know, football season is a little more fleeting than the other sports. You get less opportunities to watch your team play, less opportunities for games to mean a lot because you only got 16 or 17 in the NFL. You got 12 in college football. So it feels like every football game is very significant. And then obviously with baseball going on, I mean, you play a 162-game season for it to boil down to these playoff series so that's obviously incredibly important mentioned the nascar earlier which is a, a you know important thing for me so yeah there's it's just a, a lot of important stuff you know when baseball season and, and basketball season starts you know talking about nba and mlb there's so many of them i can't tell you one particular game that just like jumps off the page or one particular night but uh with baseball being at the end of their season and uh, football in full swing, you know, there's just it's, it's very meaningful stuff. Good stuff indeed. And 24 days away from the start of the college basketball season, Auburn takes on George Mason in their first game of the season. 334-887-3401 or toll free at one 9 If you would like to call in and be a part of Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show, as we go to the phone lines, joining us here on the show, we've got Anthony from Auburn. Anthony has called in. Hello, Anthony. Hey, guys. How you guys doing on a Friday afternoon? Quite well. How about yourself? Good, good. Look at uh, Auburn High Central meet tonight, right? Yes. Yes, they, they do. Playing here, playing here in town is over that way. I think it's at Central. I'm, I'm about 95% certain that the game is being played at Central tonight. Oh, man, over there in the Garrett Stadium. You know, when I played, oh, they had a big old red dot in the middle of the field. I don't know why they did that, but... Uh, they painted a big old red dot out there. Is Garrett, that so? Garrett, I didn't know that. The Garrett Stadium back in the day. Uh, I tell you, that's a rough place to play, man. But uh, it's going to be a barn burner. They got Auburn High ranked number one. I think Central's number six, right? It's a top ten battle. Yeah, I'm not exactly sure where they uh, both are. I know Auburn, Auburn has is number, been one. number one. Yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, it's going to be a big one. Is there any TV? Uh, everybody got this thing on TV in a high school TV uh, showcasing this game? I, I know that the Auburn High School crew puts a, a, a broadcast out there typically, and oftentimes they've got it on the Auburn High School YouTube channel. Uh, oh, the, it's uh, on YouTube. Yes, a chance to watch it there. Oh, man, I called my brother let him know it's on YouTube. He might want to see that since he's off tonight. Uh, right. 
man, that's a classic matchup. It don't get no better than that. I love Friday night matchups. Obviously, I, I can't speak to as many around here, uh, but uh, the big rivalry games that we've got back home in, in North Carolina, I was a big fan of. Ryan's got the big ones in Birmingham where he grew up. So, yeah, Friday oh, night's wow. under the lights. Uh, when you get some rivalries together in big games like that, there's nothing like it. Yeah, I tell you, don't, you can't beat it. But, you, you know, uh, I, I tell you uh, – Auburn High very well. This might be the year that they might be able to punch that ticket for real and win it all because uh, the teams they're beating down are pretty much – some of those teams will make the playoffs, and they've already beat them, so I, I assume they have the uh, formula or recipe to beating them again. So they, they may may very well bring that uh, championship egg onto the house, and uh, instead of letting it get in the way this time, uh, everybody might get a chance to enjoy some championship gold this year. Which would be awesome, and the championships are being played at Jordan-Hare Stadium, so they wouldn't have to travel too far oh, to play that contest. I tell you, you get some good old greens and grits and uh, sleep in your own bed and uh, get up in the morning, get a good <laughs> glass of orange juice and be ready to rock and roll. But guys, That's I right. appreciate it and I'll holler at y'all Monday. All right, awesome. That's our good pal Anthony from Auburn joining us on the program. 334-887-3401. Uh, Friday nights hit different when you got some fun high school football games. Yeah, and, and you, that's another thing winding down. Uh, what, three more regular season weeks, and Auburn Central certainly is a, a big one. Auburn Opelika already happened, and uh, Auburn came out with a, a big second half, and that one was able to pull away. In uh, this region that we cover, because Smith Station is one of our proud partners and do their games, they're all in this region. So Smith Station sees Auburn. They see Opelika now. Opelika is in 7A. They, they see um, – these teams, Prattville, and uh, a lot of teams that are statewide good. You know, I mean, 7A kind of seems like it boils down to maybe Central, uh, Auburn, and then maybe Hoover and a couple others up there in Birmingham. Uh, maybe Hewitt Trustful, if they're, if I'm thinking of that right, I think they're in 7A, not 6. Um, but, you know, they, they really have a Thompson, I'll tell you what's another one. Uh, Auburn really does have a, a chance this year with what they've been doing and playing two quarterbacks and you know that's the kind of cool things you do in high school there's some stuff in high school that you you can't get away with or do as effectively in uh, in college but you know obviously high school football is a, a big a big deal in certain locales and uh, I'm sure a lot you've got a lot of great stories too of being uh you know, reputable backup for yeah. the, you know, AC Reynolds Rockets. Yeah, so everybody's got responsibilities uh, for for high school footballs and that sort of thing. I saw uh, something fun online today that um, Mayor Anders had a bet paid off with Mayor Fuller from Opelika in regards to that Auburn and Opelika game. And breakfast this morning was at Byron's on. Mayor Fuller's dime, it appears, mm. for Mr. Anders. So, Supporting the good economy exactly, of Auburn. Exactly. Yeah. I'm curious where their breakfast establishment would have been in Opelika yeah. had the Bulldogs won, but uh, picked a good spot to go get a bite to eat this morning, which is always fun when you can have folks. Everyone loves Byron's breakfast. I've actually never had it because I'm, I'm not a breakfast person, but I certainly love Byron's lunch. Yeah. <laughs> uh, very much down for their for their lunch. 334-887-3401 or toll free at one 888 9 if you would like to call in and be a part of the program. Uh, basketball season, 24 days away. Auburn taking on George Mason as uh, we no longer have a couple of NBA draft picks, including Jabari Smith on the roster for the Auburn Tigers anymore. Uh, they've still got a secret scrimmage coming up 
that is now warranted by the NCAA, and uh, Auburn's going to take on UAB in a secret scrimmage. So basketball season collegiately is almost here, right around the corner, and we'll get to figure out what exactly Bruce Pearl's squad looks like. Yeah, I mean, obviously going to be very exciting, and we've still got a lot of got a football here too. But um, you know, yeah, we'll we'll be breaking it down, and I think uh, it'll be be a good year for Auburn. That we'll we'll have a few different teams that we'll be talking about uh, in conjunction with Auburn as being a top of the SEC. But yeah, a lot of people really excited for basketball season and and what Bruce Pearl is going to do and. I know that uh, the the team has been uh, very interesting this offseason long between getting to go to Israel and uh, already seeing them start to play and have their pro day a couple days ago. The secret scrimmage, UAB is going to be a good team this year. That's a good setup for Auburn. Folks might not really know that if they're not dialed into other basketball programs across the state, but you certainly are, Ryan, and that's going to be a good test for Auburn. Yeah, UAB went to the tournament last year with uh, Jelly Walker. Obviously, I think a, a lot of I think a lot of people started to hear that name at least good by point. the time good in, point. NCAA tournament came around. But Jelly Walker's back, and he's going to score a lot of points. UAB got a key transfer from LSU, Eric Gaines, who uh, started in their backcourt. Really good defensive guard, and, and that's something that UAB can really much value because one of their losses was a, a, a good defensive guard that they had. And so Eric Gaines, beside Jelly Walker, is a really fascinating backcourt. And then UAB returns a couple of their big men. Uh, Clemson transfer Trey Jemison, which will be now his third year in Birmingham. Pretty big dude down low. And then K.J. Buffin, who was at Ole Miss to start his career, will be his second year at UAB. So UAB, I think a lot of people kind of trendy as a team that might not have to win their conference that can get in at large and so very capable of having a big year i believe bruce pearl the other day when talking about him said that he believed uab finished sixth or seventh in the sec if they were to be in the sec which you know that would put them on the bubble slash slightly into the NCAA tournament so uab is a quality team and i i, I kind of hate that auburn and uab are not playing each other for real you know they're just doing the scrimmage and they had a few years there where they did obviously play, but but UAB is going to be a good team, so that's a that's a pretty fair fair team to scrimmage against. Alabama will have a secret scrimmage against TCU this Sunday. Auburn and UAB will scrimmage next Sunday. Auburn and Te- excuse me, Arkansas, Texas, a secret scrimmage. Florida, Miami, Georgia, UCF, LSU, Baylor, Mississippi State, North Texas, in a secret scrimmage tomorrow. Missouri, Marquette. Ole Miss, Clemson, South Carolina, Charlotte, Tennessee, Michigan State, Texas A&M, and Baylor, and then a fun one, Vanderbilt and Georgia Tech in a secret scrimmage to get going for the upcoming college basketball season. Let's take our next time out here on the program today. We're winding down on this Friday edition of Sports Call Tiger 95.9 FM. you want to join our conversation tweet us your thoughts on twitter at sports call au now back to more sports call with jj jackson and the guys
Welcome back into the program. It's Sports Call on Tiger 95.9 FM and on the Tiger Communications app. JJ Jackson and Ryan Lavoie as we're winding down here on a Friday. We've got, of course, Beauregard High School football coming up at 6.30. We've got the Lindy's football report right after today's show as well. 334-887-3401 or toll free at one 9 tiger 9 if you want to call in to be a part of the program. As we go to the phone lines... Jeff from Columbus. Alright, Jeff has called in. Hello, Jeff. Hey guys, how y'all doing? Well, how about you? I'm doing good, man. I tell you, uh, man, this Georgia-Auburn thing is getting old, so I'm not even going to pick on y'all about <laughs> that. But, <laughs> hey, um, I believe um, Auburn is playing at Central because as the crow flies, I, I live on top of the hill, and I can hear every drumbeat and every <laughs> roar. So I think, yeah, there's a, something's going on up there at Garrett Stadium. I don't know if it's thing. Uh, I, I imagine. So they're ready for the Tigers to get into town. Yeah, I so I think so. Hey, um, uh, and like I said, I'm just bored. I mean, dang. Uh, uh, you all were talking about basketball, so uh-huh. I wanted to put ask you a question about that. No, never mind. I don't care anything about basketball. It's football season, <laughs> and, then, uh, and baseball season, right? The, did the Braves play today? They're playing right now, and it's not going they well. Are. It's six uh, to nothing, Phillies in the sixth inning. And you know, you know why? That's because I took an interest in it. <laughs> as soon as I think, That's I'm right. Telling you, I'm a black dot on everything. Hey, um, real quick, I was just looking. Uh, uh, Lane Kiffin makes about $7.5 million a year, if I'm not mistaken. Right. J.J., what are your names? I mean, I've heard on this show, you know, if Harson leaves or is asked to leave, um, he is – they want Kiffin. I've heard – What's his face from uh, Liberty? Uh, Hugh Freeze. Freeze. I've heard Deion Sanders. Right. Okay. Those are really about the only three names I've heard. Okay? So if Auburn were to get Hugh Freeze, wouldn't they have to just about make him one of the highest paid coaches, if not the highest paid coach in college football? I don't know that they would have to go that high to get Hugh Freeze. I don't. I, I think just the idea of. No, uh, I, I'm sorry. Did I say Hugh Freeze? I meant uh, Lane Kiffin. Okay, Lane Kiffin. Yeah, you could assume that a, a big time payday is coming. But okay, now is it easier to recruit to USC or to Auburn? To USC or to Auburn? Yeah, I would think that it's easier to. I would. I would think that it's easier to recruit to uh, to Auburn to to be able to play and compete in the SEC to play big games every single Saturday. I know that you've got the glitz and the glamour of, of being in Los Angeles, but uh, you know Los Angeles already has so many professional teams and so many other things to worry about that college athletics aren't that big of a deal. Uh, when you get out there in Pac-12 country and the idea that you could be the star of the town at a place like Auburn, I think that you would love uh, to have that as kind of your sales pitch. But like you said, it's it's a place like Auburn. This is, I mean, USC is nothing to sneeze at. They're pretty, you know. Absolutely, yeah. But I'm saying, so, and you know, and that's why I was trying to get at because Lane Kiffin didn't do too well out at USC. So, I'm I'm 
just curious if it's worth the, you know, what, $10, $12 million a year? Just give them a try. You know, and, and I mean, has Lane Kiffin really done a whole lot that makes him worthy of being the top three paid coach in the in college football. Well, we're talking about a top ten Ole Miss team this season. I mean, and, and he had you know he had New Year's Six bowl games a year ago. Had Matt Corral to quarterback drafted in the top three rounds. Ole Miss had a remarkable season a year ago, and we're making Ole Miss a relevant conversation in college football. But aren't isn't that because Auburn's down? You know what I'm saying? Would would uh, old myths or, or programs are down? I'm, I, I, like you say, it this season's still halfway through, right? They could still lose, you know, uh, more games. So I guess no doubt. Maybe, and when I mean Auburn beat Ole Miss head to head last year, and Auburn's feeling pretty good right. about that win against Ole Miss and how your season's moving right. along, and then things went yeah. down for Auburn, and then after that game, right. things continue to climb. For Ole Miss, so absolutely right. things can continue to switch as you go through the back stretch yeah. of the season. Yeah. So we'll we'll see. But would you? What do you think? Who would you settle for? That's what I'm. You who know, would we when settle Harson for? Came, Interesting. Yeah, I mean, because when Harson came, he was absolutely the last hit. You know what I'm saying? I think. What'd you say? Yeah, none of us thought of him. The third best winning percentage in in college at the time, right? So that's what they were down to, looking to, you know, uh, percentages of, hey, who's one of the winningest coaches? You know, I I seriously got to believe that, okay? So if right now they're in the middle of the season, so uh, they're probably not talking to Lane Kiffin. They're probably not talking to these other coaches, talking to agents and stuff. Right. And you're talking about, Spending a lot of money. So, what is the Auburn family willing to settle for? If they, like you say, if they get rid of Harson this weekend, you know, it, it, assuming they lose or whatever, okay, what are they going to, what would the Auburn family settle for? Another assistant, another, you know, uh, you know James Franklin, eight and five coach, you know, uh, or, what I don't I think anyone is going to be, or I don't think everyone, I should say, is going to be okay with the same thing at Auburn. If I'm just if I'm just thinking about what we've heard from callers, what I see online, what I talk to people about, if you're not getting one of those top couple of names, I'm not sure if there's a settle that most people would be okay with it. I would I would feel like maybe Jeff Grimes, the OC at Baylor would be the settle right. for most people. Um, I personally would am not okay with that. In my estimation, since I did not want Gus Malzahn fired, I settled with Brian Harson, and I do not right. want to settle again because Auburn is yeah. going to be in grave danger if they settle again. Um, but I think that Jeff Grimes is probably just a name that's not very polarizing because even with Hugh Freeze, as that is one of the most mentioned names. There's still a good portion of Auburn people that just will never accept him for his faults at right. Ole Miss and, and all that. So I think Grimes, if you're if you're moving on from Lane Kiffin, the first couple of names that go to mind, I think Grimes is what most Auburn people could live with. 
But that's why I'm saying, do you think they're going to be able, well, of course, they're going to have to be able to live with them or something. But is this guy, so you're going to bring this guy in for, what, inflation, you know, $6 million a year on an unproven coach? Yeah. You know, so I'm just curious. I just wanted to get y'all's opinion. Like I say, it's Friday night. It's uh, my wife isn't home yet, so I'm I'm kind of bored, but <laughs> I enjoy. And I want to give a shout out. It's my son's birthday today. He's 34, and he is an Auburn fan, and he listens to this show. So um, he hadn't talked to me in a week though, because because <laughs> uh, of the game. Yeah, he's kind of disappointed. Yeah, he's kind of disappointed, but he says he's got to leave a lot of free times on Saturdays now. <laughs> so he like. Well, happy birthday hey, then. Okay, I will let you all get to uh, other callers, and you all have a great weekend, and we will talk to you hopefully sometime next week. Sounds good. We appreciate it. That's our good buddy Jeff from Columbus joining us on the program, and that actually coincides with the end of today's show. So how about that? Getting out of here on Friday. At the buzzer, yeah. (laughs) Buzzer beater. I like that. Game-winning kick. (laughs) Game-winning call. There you go. Ryan, thank you for being here today. Always a joy talking sports with you, buddy. Enjoyed it, brother. Hope you have a great weekend. That's uh, Ryan LaVoy, and I am JJ Jackson. Thanks to Brian Matthews for stopping by earlier in today's program. That's going to do it for today's show. Thank you, and good day.